Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to The Sap, the Sex Actually podcast. As always, it is your host, Dave Neal. How are you today? How's everyone doing? We're going back to school. Autumnal equinox is hit. The sun's going down. We're getting kinky. We're putting some weight on. We're getting ready for the winter. Canned food, hurricane season. What do you say, folks? We're going to make it through this one or what? We're going to stick to our diets or are we going to wait till New Year's Day and try to start all over again? I'm talking to myself right now. I always find a cheat code for dieting. You know what I mean? Like we started, like we don't, we don't eat dairy anymore. So Trader Joe's just started making coconut um, whipped cream, <laughs> non-dairy whipped cream. So now I'm, every morning you just hear me go. <laughs> it's funny when you, when your bad eating makes a funny sound, you know, like if you're ever like trying to break off a piece of a uh, Kit Kat bar or, uh, you know, some chocolate you found in the freezer, your significant other always knows what you're doing. You're just sneaking in there as if you're fooling somebody, right? So anyway, if you ever just hear the sound, I'm probably eating whipped cream out of the can. As you do, my God-given right to eat whipped cream out of the can. And now they make it dairy-free at Trader Joe's. This sounds like a weird advertisement. Hello, new people. Hi, how are you? We always have new audience members. And I'm always wondering what you think when you tune in for the first time. Who is this asshole? What are they doing? Is it, you know, a fun show? Is it a serious show? What is it? Look, uh, Tasha Corny, say hi, Tasha. You hear in the background, she said, hey, Tasha Courtney and myself, Dave Neal, we um, we like to interview people about their dating lives, their sex lives, relationships. If you've been with us from the beginning, you know that this is what we do and you can just fast forward to the interview. But I just wanted to introduce myself. I'm a stand-up comedian. I write. I, um, I act. I do those types of things. Tasha models and acts and anything creative, if they want to pay us for it, we'll probably do it. So that's what we've been up to out here. But we love the podcast. We love the creative freedom to just say what we want. I don't have to post a Facebook status that someone's going to immediately disagree with because it doesn't fit into their agenda or whatever projection about life that they have. We just get to talk to you guys about our thoughts about the world as we see it. Huh? Sound good, right? So this episode is interesting. We interviewed the Freemans. Meet the Freemans, everybody. Jocelyn and Aaron Freeman. They came to town from Scottsdale, Arizona. They are relationship um, and and marriage coaches, right? They counsel couples about uh, kind of, you know, for, I, I would say for the most part, just you know, reaching their true potential of, of what their relationship can be. And, you know, this is important stuff, folks. This is good for whether you're in a relationship, whether you're married long term or if you're single or whatever. It doesn't matter because I think what we learn through our conversation and most kind of self-help and motivational uh, conversations that we have is that the path to the success with others is the success within, right? Like, so the path with mending relationships with your mom or your dad or sibling or, or cousin you don't talk to because you voted for a different presidential candidate, the path is acceptance within yourself, right? The path is kind of figuring out who you are, being comfortable with who you are. So that way you can give a better sort of higher um, energy version of yourself to the other. So we talked to Jocelyn and Aaron um, in this episode about what it means to be a power couple and uh, how to, you know, how to can kind of uh, just take care of what's going on good with within the relationship so that you can share it with others, right? You ever just see those couples that are just walking down the fucking aisle, just white knuckled clenched fists holding each other, just holding on for dear life because they don't have their shit together. We've all been there. We don't need that, right? And it doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean everything's perfect, right? So like right before we went to go meet with Jocelyn and Aaron, they were running late because Trump was in town and half the roads were closed, right? So you could tell they had to deal with that. They're running late. And you ever just say, I mean, what is it about time that can fuck up a good day? You're just not where you want to be on time and you can't control all of the surroundings around you. But that's what it comes down to, right? Control, right? So the second you don't have control over other issues, you just melt away. So uh, let's relinquish control or at least the, uh, of the things that are out of control, just give in and um, accept. This episode of the podcast, we're paying some bills here, folks, is brought to you by Promescent. You've been listening the last couple of months. We've had an awesome sponsor called Promescent. They're a climax contro- control spray created by urologists specifically to help men last longer in bed. Why do, me- why do men need to last longer in bed? Because women are too damn sexy. We have an orgasm gap. Men climax in about five minutes while women take 18. Those are the facts. So what do we need to do? Spray some of this shit on your dick. How about that? It's a Climax Control Spray made um, with a lidocaine, which is like a numbing agent. You let it soak in, and uh, so it doesn't transfer to your partner. As we've mentioned, we don't need a... uh, 
clam chowder with Bell's palsy. We don't need a numb vagina here. We, we, you know, there should be a spray for the vagina so that it can actually come faster. That would be the next step. But until then, we've got uh, Climax Control Spray by Promescent. Go to delayspray.com for 15% off. Use the voucher SAP15, SAP15 for 15% off your first purchase. Or come to one of our mimosa shows. I'll be giving this shit out. We have a mimosa show this Saturday, September 28th at 11 a.m. in Hollywood, California, where we invite guests from past podcast episodes and future podcast episodes, very funny stand-up comedians to tell jokes on stage. If you want to hear last month's Mimosa show, we killed it. Oh my gosh, so many funny comedians. If you want to hear that, it is up audio version only, the pro audio on our Patreon account. That's right, patreon.com slash the sap Every week we post new content, two solo episodes a month. I do a, I do a joint episode with Jonesy, the host of Weird AF News. We go over the month's weird news with our irreverent commentary. And then I also post the month's Mimosa show, which is, like I said, a live stand-up show. Anything can happen. A lot of fun stuff. And you get to hear the pro audio of that when you... Um, uh, whenever you want, at the click of a button. So when you go to patreon.com slash this app and join our membership community, you get all of our past episodes, which at this point, we've done it for what, almost eight months now. So we got, uh, oh, oh, you know, probably 40 plus, maybe 50 plus hours of content. So uh, we appreciate you guys supporting us. And, and, and likewise, the money that we're raising from doing these additional uh, private premium episodes, we're putting back into the quality of the podcast. We're getting a new lighting system. We're potentially hiring a PR firm. We're trying to do some new things. We've got new artwork. Have you seen the new artwork? Go to sexactuallypodcast.com if you want to check out the new artwork. Oh, and finally, another thing I'm doing, oh boy, and it's like, talk about broken promises, is uh, creating new show notes. So if you want to hear some or want to read some sort of behind the scenes um, thoughts on how the show went, what it was like booking the guests and you know no shit talking of course we love these people but you know all the uh, you know the the behind the scenes things about uh, running the podcast i'm going to be posting show notes every episode and go to sexactuallypodcast.com to see those show notes so that's all out there for you guys that's a lot huh that's a long read Anyway, you're going to love this chat. If you have any questions about, um, you know, questions you want us to answer or topics you want us to cover or guests you want us to get on the podcast, write in sexactuallypodcast at gmail.com, sexactuallypodcast at gmail.com, and let us know. Or follow us on Instagram at the.sap. Anyway, let's get into it. Without further ado, here's our chat with the Freemans. The thing that I hate is that Tasha can like walk yeah. into the sun for a second and, and come out tan. tan and I just get like a mole. <laughs> the, the difference that we are. Let's jump right into it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the SAP. It's uh, Tasha Courtney, hello. Dave Neal, and we're with Jocelyn and Aaron Freeman. How hello, are you? Hello, hey the Freemans. Everyone. Thank you guys Welcome. so much for coming. Uh, uh, the founders of, let me get this right, Freeman. That, wait, wait, no. Oh, Meet the Freeman? No, founders of Empowered Couples University. Yes, but Freeman, you know, freedom, free, same thing. I like Empowered it, Meet the Freemans. Yes. Thank you guys now so much for coming. Now you've met the Freemans. I know, met the Freemans. <laughs> you need a past tense. And I want to get like a university hoodie now, just like, uh, you know, just, a fr- how about Freeman University? F you. We'll just go with Freeman. <laughs> Thank you guys. You guys drove all the way in. For, you're in Los Angeles from uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Yes, yeah. Just a six hour hop, skip and a jump over here. I like that drive. It's really not that bad. No. Like six hours sounds crazy, but like it's it not. It's fun. We were listening to an audio book. A good audiobook was starting to fall asleep a little bit, but we talk. It's Esther a Esther Perel, actually. Yeah. Uh, what is it called? Mating in, in captivity. captivity. Yes. Oh, I've heard about this one. And and uh, is it just? It's just like how we act. Is it? Is it? Is it like just relating us to animals and all that? No, I, she hasn't gotten to that yet. I mean, she's more so talking about similar things that we talk about. Just how just modern day construct can sometimes remove like the romance and the mystery. So just kind of talking about basically how society is now and is that impacting marriage and satisfaction and can love and lust lust coexist now do you guys feel the need to be perfect because mm. you're marriage experts this is such oh, a great question what do you say Aaron? no 
And we actually, <laughs> we, we actually found that the more authentic you are about where you're at, the more people are like, oh my gosh, you understand where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. It and resonates. they like want to talk to you. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. it resonates. You feel like, oh my gosh, someone's actually talking about what I've been feeling so you can get into a better conversation, right? And I don't know, for us, it's not about feeling like the experts per se, but the more you share authentically, the more we see our own relationship as the practice field for our own principles, the better we get, right? So, And in um, fact, we actually almost have more challenges come up in our relationship because we're a yes to this work. And so sometimes we're like, why? Why is this happening to us? And then the next day it serves us a couple. I I have to say this one quick thing. It seems like there's a stretch of road in Phoenix on the highway from like... 20th Street to 3rd Street. Every time we're in between there, it's like we have an upset come up. There's negative it's like that energy. <laughs> <laughs> but the car is such a safe space. Mm-hmm. We, I've, You know, the podcast is a very safe space too, but I find, and actually there's scientific evidence to support this. Like if you're a mom trying to talk to your kid who's kind of closed off to you because they're a teenager or whatever, the car is mm-hmm. a place where people tend to open up a little more because it's enclosed. Yes. It's a nice little safe See, we've bubble. Put, our fights early on were in the car. Uh-huh. And then that was because one of Tasha's triggers. Don't don't let me speak out of at a, at a voice here, whatever. But uh, was traffic. You just get it. You get all stressed out in traffic, and then I'll be like, "Babe, calm down." And you're like, Rah! and I'm like, "Okay, let's not." But but we haven't fought in a car in in years, probably like a real fight. So like we like solved that level That's of our good. relationship. But like, are you? Do you guys have places aside from between Thirtieth and Third mm. Street? Do you have places where you know, like, all right, we're about to go on vacation. Uh, Three hours before we have to leave for the airport, we're going to get in a fight. Like, do you have those things? I would say stress levels are high. Totally. I would say a couple things. It's actually more about time. So for us, the morning, I'm sensitive to how I start my day. So I have to kind of set my mindset, set my intentions. And if we start to talk about any kind of to-do list or... So we know we're in business together. So any kind of business items, I start to get a little bit anxious and riled up and then I'll kind of get short with him and sensitive. So now we actually have an agreement. We've had this for a while and sometimes we forget the agreement and then remind each other of the agreement. But the agreement is no, you know, to do lists or business conversations. till after we've had our like meditation time. And so that's normally like nine or 10 a.m. So the mornings for sure. I like that. I, you know, a lot of, you know, I spent the majority of my twenties in the, in the, in the single life. And as a single person, you think it's crazy the sort of rules and things you need to know about other people because with your buddies if it's like if your buddy's getting annoying it's like I'll just see you Sunday or like yes. you just can like ditch it but with the relationships you're really forced to look at your own flaws mm-hmm. or you just say fuck it and you just go on to the next person and then they bring up your dirty laundry and then yes. you just go on to the next one so it's like if you, when you are really committed to someone I think you work more on like figuring out how to find that peace versus just um, assuming it's the other person's problem 100% you know? and that's sort of like the fun part of challenges it's almost like what you were saying it's like as we level up other problems keep presenting themselves because you're holding yourself to a higher standard so it's like until you reach like nirvana level Mm -hmm. or whatever does that can you even get there like you're always you're holding yourself to a higher standard you're leveling up you're leveling up and you're gonna face the next level's problems together well i'd even say that you're asleep if you're having no problems and actually i think people would be like oh we're fine That's the worst thing I think people can say is, truthfully, like when people go, we're good. You know, we're fine. I'm like, ooh, you're in trouble. Yeah, because you're sweeping stuff under the rug. Yes. Yeah, and you're just calcifying that sort of like, I, I always think of it as like an exoskeleton of just bitterness and you're just and then you become so rigid you can't even adjust when things should be better it's just that I mean we you know and then we'll see it like on the micro level once in a while where it's like I'll just know I'm just annoyed about shit and I and it's because I want like my codependency wants to just keep Tasha happy so I'm not bringing up all the things or even the little things that annoy mm. me and it's always like banana it's always the dumbest thing and it's never some like core moral issue it's always just like i'll light the candles before the guests arrive you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean so it's always like this if if you put it on paper it sounds so stupid but it's the the, but that's the thing that like i'll just be like the nicest guy and then all of a sudden i'm just an asshole Mm. and i'm quick and as like a comic i'm just quick to respond and then she says something i'm like i'm right back at you and then it's gone and then it's like cats out of the bag do you notice any kind of trend or theme of is it a time when you're like out of balance you haven't filled your own cup do you see i I hate being criticized okay and tasha's a perfectionist direction he's like you sort of you kind of take things personally like if i give you if i tell you what to do you take it as like an insult you're very sensitive in that way like 
uh, you you perceive it as one of your own shortcomings when it's like no i'm not saying you're a bad person just can you like be a little more detail oriented like when they you're say, picking up your stuff the male ego is <laughs> fragile but it's like all we have right it's like all we have is like if i like uh like this morning yeah i um you tasha we like woke up super late and she's like babe I, I i'm so late i need your help I, can you make me a sandwich yeah sure whatever i made you a sandwich i tucked it away i'm doing well, i dishes. said can you make me lunch yeah but it, that's but, but this then, is a key part of what you're about to say is <laughs> yeah. that, babe, can you make me lunch and then i'm like ready to run out the door i come in here to grab my lunch and my lunch bag isn't out and he's done all the dishes and i was like oh my god he came in here saw the dishes did all the dishes which is great thank you honey but he forgot about the lunch mm. and i was like babe you didn't make me lunch and he's like i made you a sandwich no i didn't say that. but this was a good example where like in the past would have been like i did the fucking dishes okay i did i scrub you know what i mean i would have just like been ready to go but in this case i was like no 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 like i made your sandwich it's just i didn't put it all together because here's what I, I put it all together and then she takes it all apart and reorganizes it so i don't even put it in the bag anymore <laughs> but like yeah i made your sandwich i had the lettuce i the it was a good Thank little it was very a thinly sliced sandwich. onions it was a good sandwich it was a great sandwich it was the best sandwich um but yeah so like we're not we're getting a handle on it's like you don't know what you don't know mm -hmm. so like we we know where some of the triggers are but now it's like all right let's get to that next level mm -hmm. and expose sort of like the things that are holding us back and i wanted to ask you guys about mm -hmm. this because on your instagram which is meet underscore the freemans am i right meet Correct, underscore the yeah. freemans mm -hmm. no no d on free not free man freeman freeman yeah, freemans uh meet the freeman meet underscore the freemans and then you talk about be uh coaching couples to become power couples hashtag power mm -hmm. couples yes yeah, so well, it's to learn the relationship skills to be a true power couple. So what we think is actually one of the biggest jokes about school is that we have math, science, arts, PE, but no relationship class. And yet one of the biggest aspirations every single person has is to find a partner, right? At some point, whether they're 20 years old, 30 years old, 40 years old, we want to be with someone, but there's no training for it. And we think that that is pretty laughable because it's so significant. And in fact, people will really quickly sign their signature on a really important contract, right? Your marriage license. And I don't think people pause and go like, that's a really serious decision. You're merging money. It's almost like people would be more cautious about which um, bank account you bank open account or, or phone, you know, do I do Verizon? Do I do AT&T? Let me really think about this. But yeah, let me sign the, you know, marriage license here. So we talk about learning the relationship skills just as much as you would learn about your profession or something that you're passionate about, putting that same intention into your relationship. So that's what we teach, are all those relationship skills that no one taught you, so that you're not repeating what your parents did, which I didn't necessarily want to repeat what my parents did, right, or what I saw in movies. They're the worst. Yeah, exactly. And it is, like, our system now is totally just self-discovery. Like, they throw you in preschool yes. or kindergarten, and that's, like, where you learn socialization. But, like, some people, it doesn't come easy. Mm -hmm. Like, for some people, it could require, like, a little bit of guidance or a little bit of introspection, like a deeper look. Oh yeah. You know, and I thought I was thinking a, a lot about this, about, about that same idea of how we aren't coached in sort of higher enlightenment, spirituality, mm -hmm. communicating with others. And then I was thinking, I don't know, I don't know if it's the type, I mean, there should definitely be like, uh, like a, uh, a, a, a sort of like a game plan on how to learn if you're willing, but there is something about finding out that you want to know more mm -hmm. there is something about you know being in a relationship where you want it to succeed so much you start looking outwards and like googling things and because it, it would be i mean st I'm, I'm still guilty of this in relationships where i'll just google i will be in a fight and i'll just google my version of how to fix it why does my girlfriend why is she so annoying when you know i'm not a, don't look okay i've lost you uh, i'm just trying for you to i'm trying to figure out what you're saying I, i'm always guilty of initially fi figuring out what she did wrong Mm -hmm. You know, that's like the easy thing to do. But I think when it comes to like enlightenment, whether it is within the relationship or yourself and, and just becoming like a better version of yourself, mm -hmm. it really involves just like searching that info can't just come to you. Like you can't just be a spiritual person and be like, Hey, this is, you know, you know, leap in the net will appear. And the person can be like, well, fuck you. You know, you have to like really believe it's a journey of self discovery. And it, that's the important part is that it's self guided. That's how you know, it's really, you're really motivated. Nobody, you can't make somebody change, right? If you're in a relationship, that's not, that's just not working. You're not on the same level. You can't tell somebody, Hey, I need this from you and expect them to do it. They have to decide on their own that mm -hmm. I want to meet this person there. Well, that's actually a great point you bring up because a lot of people are searching to fill something in themselves, to feel valuable, to feel love out in the world, to not feel isolated, to feel connected. 
but they search outside themselves. And that's kind of a recipe for disaster that if you're relying on the partner searching this life for a partner that has you feel something that you feel is missing, they're not ever going to be able to really fulfill that in you. So you're setting them up for an expectation that is impossible for them to fulfill, right? So perfectly said, this journey of relationship is really about your own passion to discover who you are as an individual and go through the aspiration to grow and better yourself. And then it's like you get to hold hands or link arms or pat the butt of a person next to you that's also into that type of discovery for themselves. And then doing it together is is a powerful place to be. And to us, that's being a a true power couple is becoming your best version of yourself and discovering what does a power couple yeah. mean to us as we go on this journey of yeah. co-creation. That's a, that's a word we like. Yes, I have, I have some honest truth for people. Oh Are you all ready for that? Yeah. Hashtag. Hashtag. Okay. <laughs> it's really that love isn't enough. And that's tough to hear sometimes because I think everyone seeks for that love and that romance. Yeah, and it's a I'm, romanticized sort of yeah. version of what we expect. Right, but we know... We sit down with couples all the time that love each other so much and they can't communicate for anything. And they're frustrated in the morning and the night. So we say you can love each other, but if you don't have the skills to communicate or resolve conflict or understand each other's emotions or be able to make plans together, set goals, prioritize, that love can start to disintegrate, right? Like love, they say like love is, you know, can bear all I don't know. How, can you be happy though? Right. So that's something that we really try to teach people is like love is one ingredient, but then having those skills. What do you think really is the next most important? Is it communication? Communication for sure. Because that's the way that you're exchanging information with people, right? Like communication is the foundation. So even if couples struggle with money, it's a communication challenge, right? Or mm-hmm. some sort of structure that they can implement. But again, communication. So would you say I will go one deeper and inside of a communication, because it's a broad category is listening. Mm-hmm. If you can actually develop your skills of listening, if you could first seek to understand the other's point of view before trying to force your opinion, have them understand you, that's really the foundation of communication is actually your listening. That's what's the beauty of the podcast is that we are forced to listen. And I know people that are listening now go, Dave, you're the worst at listening. But we're forced to listen because if, if, if one of us is just railroading the other on the podcast, our listeners are the jury. They were like, oh, yeah, you really took over that one, you know? And they're like, sorry, I had too much to drink, too many coffees. But, like, yeah, we, 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 we put ourselves in the spotlight here to, like, force ourselves to kind of just, like, air it all out and not being in a rush. Sometimes one of the issues we've had early on, and it still comes across, is if we are going to work at different times or we're not on – we can't be, like, eye-to-eye in the same room and the issues aren't always solved right away. Yeah. And that's something where it's kind of like, I guess what I've had to learn is just to have faith that we'll bo- we're both coming back to the apartment. Like, it, you know, we can't always solve everything right away, but like in the end, we kind of know that we're sort of trying to get to the same place. The yeah, brain. well, that's like modern life. We talk about modern challenges today, right? It's like, it's so fast paced. You know, people usually in most partnerships, both are working or one is really taking care of the family. So this busyness. And so couples are like, just, all right, I'll text you. You know, I, I got to go to work and you haven't really had quality time. They come home, maybe they watch TV or they do play a game or something like that. And then they go to bed and then they wake up and the next day and then it's Friday. Let's go to a movie. Let's go to dinner. Okay. Let's go to target. Let's go to bed, bath and beyond. We got the errands to run. And then when was quality time? When was sitting down and not just talking about how was your day? You know, all of those checklist things that you talk about, but Hey, how are you really? Bigger how picture we, stuff. Right. Yeah. And that's like where we say actually set up a weekly family meeting as a couple to have that eye to eye time like you're talking about and be able to go deeper instead of those quick, what do we call them? Drive by conversations, yeah. right? Like just a drive by. <laughs> and you're supposed to be connected with that. that well, work. we uh, just got a dry erase board right there. So we're really starting to kill it nice. with the communicating. Yeah, we're <laughs> really uh, bringing, it, bringing it to the next level. We don't have a shared Google calendar yet. Tasha is old school. I refuse. I have too many other calendars gonna, for they're, work. They're going to tell you you it. need a shared Google calendar. It does save so much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we love it, to I'll be honest. <laughs> Thank you. But we actually do have one. We just don't really use it. Well, like you I don't mean, put your work schedule in there. No, but, but we, I need to because the, my, the thing. Okay. So one of the things that builds resentment in myself is there's this like hustle for stand up comedy. That's always like, I'm never doing enough. And it's a nighttime art right now. They've got a few mics that are at 2 PM, which is nice. So like I can have some nights off, but like if I'm, I mean like you don't take three days off in a row, that's just against the rules. Right. Except I've probably done that 
three out of four weeks for the last six months. Like it's been tough for me. And like on the inside, I'm like, I'm not pursuing my dreams. I'm not getting where I need to go fast enough. And there's other people that are just passing me. But then I also want to show up and be the boyfriend who does quality time. So like our, our need to, to sort of communicate is that like, is like so heightened because I'm putting my career on the back burner right now, even though it might not seem that way. It, with with the time it takes to be sitting alone writing and all those different little things. And I'm not blaming you, Tasha. But it is. It's hard in this day and age to uh, with things as hectic mm-hmm. as they are to prioritize that like bigger picture, eye-to-eye serious conversation to check in with each other and mm-hmm. make sure are our goals still aligned? Are mm-hmm. we doing the things that we need to do for retirement? Down the road? Like all of this b- sort of big picture stuff when you're just like trying to get through mm-hmm. your long work day and overtime and stage time and do the dishes and run the vacuum. Like if you can just sit down for 30 minutes of TV at the end of the night, that feels like a victory. Yes. You know, you're stretched so thin. Mm-hmm. But we marathon TV though. Like we took, if we literally took the TV out of the, out of the house, we would probably be like moving mountains together. <laughs> it's just like it, it, it does. There's so much good yeah. shit out there. I don't think we really go crazy with the TV, but yeah, I mean, we could afford for it to do something else with find that half hour, an night. hour a night. Yeah. To like it's we- been really good. If we'll have seasons of being like, let's not watch any TV at all till like Saturday night. Right. Mm-hmm. And so have, it's really nice to kind of go on a detox like and set just a little date for it. You know, yes. like Monday night, check in night, Tuesday totally. night. That's what we night. say. And make it a date. Even like go out for coffee coffee go to dinner like actually we're good with dinner dates we like food but not even but so it's an intentional conversation though so it's not just like hey let's talk about random things we actually have actually a, a weekly an agenda in a oh, way nice. right? yeah the, it, couples can download it actually and it goes over like even how's our intimacy really asking because when was the last time you asked each other like how satisfied are you with our intimacy and you got to be courageous to ask that mm-hmm. question yeah first of all yeah. like so are you ready for the answer you right? got to be ready how's that the, the conversation you're going to have is one that's meant to have you really know where you're at because how many times in different parts of life can you say you can't get where you want to go unless you first know where you're at and in a relationship we make so many assumptions primarily that our own needs are being met and we think oh yeah intimacy that's probably going great you know man we just had sex like yesterday and then this morning but when you check in with your partner the intimacy might be meaning something different like they want to connect more they want to have more of an emotional conversation and or i might score on the sheet that intimacy is like a nine for me and jocelyn is really like a six it's not a bad thing to know that you need to start somewhere you need to bring awareness but you of need to where be able you're to both detach at from the result and know that it's not like a personal flaw yeah. but that right. it's just a conversation i don't want to oh, make that's interesting i don't yeah mm-hmm. i don't want to make this uh a very binary like men are this way women are that mm-hmm. way because i know my, the thing i like to say is that all women hate being generalized i like that term because it's you know but all women uh, are this way uh, men i think are better at being very binary with like all right we had sex intimacy done Check. i think men pull the trigger i could be wrong maybe there's a spectrum to everything obviously but i think that's like kind of where that's like where i'm at and i don't know tasha if you're the same way with intimacy i think that's probably the even though we talk about sex and dating and all this i think like the actual nitty gritty of intimacy is probably our weakest point or one of them. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, we definitely, we went through a period where we were like, okay, we have to start scheduling sex. Mm -hmm. And like, it, it feels so sterile and weird to do. But like I was just saying, our lives are like runaway trains. And sometimes it's just hard to find a few hours to be together you know where we're in tune where we're in sync but we realize but we're not scheduling like, it like you know like all right next tuesday we're no, i mean but it's we like we had later. to make a point yeah. to be like okay and not I, just waiting until you're in the mood right, right? Exactly. like intentionally right. because who yes. knows when you're both gonna be in the mood at right. the same time well that's when, actually like, one of the so errors going on that's an error people make is waiting till they're in the mood yeah right? and that's the same thing waiting till you're in the mood create to have the a conversation mood. waiting till you're in the mood to share your emotions 
No, you set the intention. You sit down, you know, mm-hmm. and you. And if you know that Tuesday night at seven, we have a date scheduled, then you're looking forward to exactly. it a couple of days in advance. You're getting excited. You're texting yeah, each Tasha other little fun pictures. Too much and she's bloated. Yeah, you, know. you got to be careful not to eat too much. <laughs> Our, I was a nighttime sex guy, and Tasha was a morning sex Because for me, it was like being single. You'd either meet someone out of the bars. The only morning sex is the morning after sex. That's the only mo- that was. Because yeah, but then relationships, I think, are more like. I mean, I don't know. It can be. It can be whatever, but we were just on complete opposite ends of the spectrum. I think initially, like once the once that first honeymoon kind of passion wore off, it was kind of like I gotta work. I got what are you doing? And she's like, I'm not gonna, you know. Yeah, we were we were not on the same page, but I think we naturally got over that hump. Uh, hmm. uh, uh, no, but. <laughs> uh, but you know, but still, like, yeah. If a week or two goes by, I mean, you hear about these. We have a couple of friends that it's like, Jesus Christ, they're like, seem like rabbits five years into their relationship. We're like, what are you doing over there? We're, <laughs> we're kind of just like, no, we're just gonna hang out and watch a movie. But, but I guess it's just like getting on the same page with with intimacy is like anything else it's just mm-hmm. you know we we it but but it's taboo it just requires being cognizant it's ta- it's just taboo to like like your your family my, my family catholic upbringing doesn't talk about obviously sex or anything like that and then and then i would say same with yours so it's like both of our weaknesses put together like not that we would avoid it all together but i would get ready and frisky like you know to turn you know light switch ready to go and then ta- you know for her there's neat more emotional foreplay and more you know just like you know, yeah. you, you, you what the zone you need to be in is different than mine, yeah. and that makes sense on like almost like a genetic level. Where like you watch the nature videos, the horse just fucking thrusts and falls over. Like the guys are just meant to just pull the trigger. Well, I'm not <laughs> sure about that one, but what I, what I will I share, stand by that. <laughs> I'd have to get more into what you're saying, but I think for what I hear from women is that a lot of times they're not feeling the sexual desire because they're actually missing intimacy, which intimacy is deeper than just physical motion and movement. It's into me. You see it's being actually connected to each other. And that is where women will just be like, well, I don't feel the desire because their cup isn't full, right? Their emotional cup isn't full. They don't actually feel connected. What do you, what would you say about the male thing? Cause I know that's something you talk to men about as well. I'm not the one that fits into the general category because my upbringing was much like yours, a very Christian background. And as I grew up, the way I heard it, someone standing at the front at the altar, I went to a Christian school, and yet I was the only one that heard it this way. Like, don't have sex before you get married. That's a sin. You're going to be sleeping in hell. And for some reason, I took that on like so seriously. Like, wow, this is like, I feel ashamed. So as I got older... Now I'm like literally the only one that I know that hasn't had sex. I mean, even in my Christian school, right? So it's like now I'm like this outcast and I feel a lot of shame around it. Get to college. It's like I don't want to tell anybody this. I don't even think I told my best friends. And I just kind of avoided the topic. And it's so it became a thing for me that was first like something's going to happen to my spirit if I yeah, if I have fear, sex. Yeah, fear, like a fear motivation. And now it's like, I'm just like this weird person if I tell anybody this because everyone else in society is. And then the funny so thing is... you start to associate shame. Absolute shame. And then it's like, now I get to the place where I'm with Jocelyn and we created the agreement that I was going to hold to that until we got married. So it's like, on the wedding day, like, yeah, boy, you can have sex. <laughs> but what really changed from my mindset? What really changed from like my emotional intelligence around it? Like, I didn't, didn't do anything about that yet. So that was something I had to really dive into and be honest with myself about that just because I'm able to have sex physically now, what have I done to the 27 years of feeling the shame and the embarrassment? Mm-hmm. So I just kind of yeah. had to own that for myself. Was yeah. there a moment where you were able to release that or is it just a work in progress? Because I, I mean, I know, it, I know shame. You know, I understand that and it's not something that you can just easily identify. It just lives in different dark areas. Hmm. I can't say I probably have... Sh- I didn't share it very quickly, right? But I, I, us being into that we're going to help relationships, it's like that comes up for us. So I would say the more that I verbalized it and vocalized it, started to have the conversations. Shine some light exactly, into those corners. Shine, when I just said it out loud, you start to release some of the hold that it feels like it has on you. And then I had a partner that was great at listening. And, you know, the conversation I was going to bring up is like about initiating. So in the beginning, 
I didn't even have sex before, let alone be the one that initiated it. So, Which like, I our deserve, first six years. I deserve years, a gold star. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell Actually, let me tell you. Yeah, you do. The first six months was, like, her totally initiating. Like, I had to trust her, and I had to have the conversation of, like, will you lead us in our intimacy, in our, in our sex life? Because, to be honest, I have no idea. And yeah, like, you there have was, to learn how to do that. It's not a skill that you just naturally know. Like, yeah. that's, it requires some finesse. And also, very <laughs> honestly, though, very brave of you to not just like fake it, like yeah. fa- like fake, like you know what you're doing, and just be, you know what I mean. Oh, to I just, remember like, the date he told me. I'll never forget. I know like, where you were I at too. Yeah, I remember sitting. We're outside. We're at dinner. What? How many months in were we? Maybe th- six like weeks. Six. six weeks. Two months. We were talking. Just I said, "Well, so have you ever had?" We were just you know random conversations. I was like, "Have you ever had one night stands and things like that?" And he goes, "No, because you know I've never had sex." And I was like, "Hold on, can, we, can, <laughs> can you go back one second? Repeat, on that please. Yeah, what? I think I misheard. In a way, I thought it was like a joke for a second. And you're then, thinking like, you mean this week? <laughs> <laughs> and so he goes, "Well, yeah, I've never had sex before." And I was like, "Oh, really? I didn't want to have this dramatic reaction, like what?" And, Right, I wanted to be. I didn't want to make him feel. But that's like balls in your court. (laughs) That's like all right. That's a lot to. Yeah, so it was actually really inspiring to hear his story about why, and I just had to trust that. And for me, I was more committed to just us and our bond, and I felt something really special with him. And so I was like, okay, I'm on board for that. Yeah. Question. Okay. I don't think because I never asked what what was like your initial visceral reaction to me saying that. I would have to go. Like I'm, I'm not recalling, but more so just like maybe kind of butterflies like almost like nervous to like really dive into it and hear more about it yeah i mean it's 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 wild i didn't i didn't tell the girl i lost my virginity to that i was a virgin it was in college and i was in high school like i i was kind of instilled with this catholic like save it for marriage thing but but also like i don't i feel like catholic at least in rhode island it was kind of like a kind of like a not 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 super yeah so like the shame it wasn't too much shame there so like as soon as i got to college i you know by the time i was ready for sex i was years behind the emotional things i needed to do to even get laid you know what i mean like i just wasn't so like i was just so i was ready for sex for a couple years and just failing at even trying to get a girl to like convince her that she wanted to have sex with me back you know what i mean (laughs) tasha's looking at me like you're still that way dave but but uh yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to let her know because I was like, I'm not. Uh, there was so much pressure. It feels like there's so much pressure on the on a guy to have this like masculine like mm-hmm. slaying it sort of vibe yeah. that like you don't even. I didn't. My buddies didn't know. No one knew. Everyone made fun of our buddy Miko. You know Miko. Mm-hmm. Everyone made fun of Miko in our fraternity because he was the guy who hadn't gotten laid yet. And I was. I didn't make fun of him, but I was the quiet one who was like, Oh, me neither, because <laughs> I knew everyone was gonna be like, Ah, Dave's a virgin. And then they would tell the little girl. And then the 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 ladies would probably if they didn't like like me to that level wouldn't want to be the one and this and that so it was a whole thing yeah. around it well there's so many well, expectations on men too and kind of even connecting this back to emotional and intimacy men do have feelings and in fact as they go deeper into this work they're revealing things that they never gave themselves permission to their parents didn't give them permission to no other society doesn't right. give them permission yeah so men do definitely not the same and i think one mistake women can make is want their male partner to be like them why don't why aren't you as sad as i am why aren't you yeah kind of projecting their own emotional experience and there there are masculine energy and feminine energy differences and not male female masculine and feminine which you know there can be opposites that are you know there can be women that are more masculine dominated and vice versa and so women can be like well you aren't feeling as emotional as me and so it's not that right it's not projecting that the men should be as maybe emotional as sometimes though female is but there are emotions in there and a lot of men are learning to (laughs) tap into that yeah because they're uncomfortable with it Mm -hmm. because society really does you know we talk about toxic masculinity sometimes put these expectations on men that they should be stoic they should be brave they should hold in their fears you know and so there's all of this pressure to like push your emotions deep way down and and not experience them so i think when guys start to discover that like oh no it's cool it's okay Mm -hmm. i i'm allowed to 
experience this. I'm allowed to open up this box and see what's inside. I think we flipped it early on. We read Sup- The Superior Man. You yes. know, they, so they're, they're, he's yeah. really big on the masculine and feminine energies. And I, I was raised by my, my mom and my sister. So like, I was always told, let it out, let it out. So I was like, I'm not, I wasn't a huge crier, but I wasn't like, I won't do it. Like if I needed to cry, I needed to cry. If I'm watching, you know, uh, some, you know, whatever show or, you know, I'll cry. I'm just going to, the end of the movie, whatever. I'm in bed Natasha, you had like a, oldest sibling don't show your emotions mm-hmm. kind of masculine energy to you yeah i my family um was never very communicative never very like into we didn't talk about our feelings like we weren't hugger you know it was just like it was one of those things that like i i didn't know how to do that i had very low like emotional intelligence for it, it sharing my emotions and i think and then i was just out on my own too i was like making it on my own in new york and just like always having to be the strong person i think the first time he saw me cry he was like in shock and i was in shock too because it was like you know and i was like uh this wasn't in the manual (laughs) i I love that you're saying that too because that's a powerful conversation as a couple to talk about was like you know when you were brought up how what was it like and how's that impact your emotional awareness now i think people couples need to learn more about each other's upbringing and how that's influencing them and we were even talking to a couple a couple days ago couple couple days ago how many times in a row can I say that and they were really realizing that he had one idea of what marriage was going to look like and it was very different and they were like four years into marriage and she had a vision of what it was going to look like and they were way different and they never talked about it she looked over at him and she was like shocked she said I didn't know that that's what you were expecting of me right Exactly. And so couples need to talk about their upbringing. What kind of a vision is that giving them for their marriage, what they think that's going to be and make sure that they're actually aligned because definitely would not work if you had one vision. If you wanted me to cook, it would not go well. Right. I'm not, <laughs> that, and that's just a small example. You and Tasha <laughs> can agree on that. Yeah. Dave's maybe the better cat. I came home the other night and I go, what'd you burn? <laughs> All the windows were open. I, I just smelled like something was burnt. She burnt a cor- grilled cheese. You, you burnt corn once or broccoli. I was like, why do you even burn that? <laughs> I, I, would get, I just I get, put it on full blast and go. <laughs> and sometimes I get a little distracted. And then once a week, I'm like, there's a cold mug of water in the microwave <laughs> like what was that from <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> it's gonna make tea <laughs> but uh you know it's uh, do you guys ever you know you coach couples or whatever and then days over you're driving home do you ever just look at each other and go eh, that's not gonna last <laughs> do you? well we wouldn't say it that way what, what do you think well we're honest with people you know mm-hmm. so we say we're out to lower the divorce rate we also get that some people got into a relationship that's what we would say out of alignment and so some people might need to complete their relationship. But our goal is that the conversation for relationship skills becomes, you know, so like common and understood that you're having that before you get into the marriage. Like while you're dating, you're having conversations like, what do you experience? Like, what do you want your life to look like? What's your vision? You know, maybe have a conversation about what your skills and talents are. Like, what, what can we create together? And start to have those so that when you do get married, you're already aligned rather than getting into a place where, you know, you made the decisions from all the places that we've been talking about, trying to fill a gap in yourself. Here you're married three years later and it's like, mm-hmm. damn. And you're well, right. You really hit the nail on the head when you say like you want to paint a clear picture of what your future looks like yes. and make sure that you're looking at a picture that's yes. l- not the same or similar. Not imag- oh, it must be the same for them too, right? Everyone must think this. And actually, quick story. When we first started this work years ago, one of our first two couples we actually had to sit down and tell them that we recommended they pause on getting married it was like one of the first couples because we worked with them we did their preparing for marriage work and there was just so much that they were projecting onto each other so many expectations and they weren't willing to take responsibility for a lot of them so we said you know hey we just want to be honest with you that until you have more Uh, time working through things and talking through things we'd recommend just maybe pausing on the wedding a little bit or because I don't think they had set a date so we weren't saying like cancel all the reservations and everything and it was tough but actually it was so powerful that it was one of our first few couples because we've had to do it several times now and some listen some still go through with it and then call us you know two months into marriage going oh my gosh Uh, but I think that's, again, you wouldn't show, okay, if you wanted to be a doctor, would you show up to the hospital and be like, I'd really like to be a doctor, but I didn't go to school. I didn't get any kind of training, but would you just trust me? Would you just give me a chance? 
No, <laughs> right? Everyone would think you're crazy, but yet people, again, get into these marriages not having gone through any prior training, and then they think they're qualified for marriage. And we just, again, think that's like a backwards mindset, and we understand why, and that's that's just what we're ambassadors for we actually say we're campaigning you know just like all the politics right now we're campaigning for marriage <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like it i think i think the one of the bigger issues with with marriage it, it seems to be people just they're jumping into it early and they're not they don't know who they are and yeah the same thing they're just like kind of getting to the finish line without running the race and it's like in a, it with, with social i think with social media you see well that person's married and happy well what about us and like we've been together for six years now and we're like in our 30s and we're like not, you know, young and don't know who we are. Like, I mean, we're still, we don't, we haven't figured it all out, but like, there's a lot to be said with like the rates of like the longer you can sort of like take time to figure yourself out, the the higher success rate you might have just because you're not just like running into the wrong thing, painting all the red flags, you know, other colors. I'm curious to know what are like the number, you know, like the top five or whatever red flags that stand out mm-hmm. to you guys when you are like, oh, yeah. I don't advise. Yeah, absolutely. Danny, I'll share one. You want to share one? Go ahead. We'll yeah. take turns. Okay. So I'd say one that definitely stands out is when people constantly point the finger. So if they're both going like this and pointing fingers and they can't ever get to a point of going, where am I responsible for this? So we'll watch a couple, we'll observe them. And if it keeps going that way and we give them the homework to practice pointing the finger at themselves and where they're responsible, if they can't do that, that's a big red flag. Tasha, that one's you. That's not That's true. That's point of finger at Tasha <laughs> for the audio listeners. Yes, you failed. No, but I know, but you're right. It's so it's so like a mind. It's so like a sort of a, like well, we need to do this. It's, it, it makes a difference because when you're okay. pointing, you're you're just. You, you know you're, your language you're makes a difference and language is a first step to action too mm-hmm. so even if it's just part of your uh, your exercise your homework to start using the we words yes. or start using the i words like you know being a little more reflective then you put that into practice it becomes easier to actually do definitely see the bigger picture and sometimes it just requires you or it'll require me an extra breath to be like hmm how do I phrase this? Because I know what I want to say on my yeah. inside, so I'm letting myself say it on my inside. You're being a fucking, you know, whatever it is. But then, I, but then I'm like, when we, you know, mm-hmm. when we aren't on the same page, I get frustrated because yeah. I want us to have a good Sunday. Yeah. Well, I want to say something <laughs> so interesting about that because we've been having this conversation, and that's my experience as well. When you pause, when you feel like triggered and upset, and you take a moment in your mind, you're like. You should be so thankful that I did not say what ini- what I initially wanted to say. Yeah. But here's what I've been finding. Because that energy gets experienced as being shut down. So like when us as men like just don't say anything, like call it being shut down, it has your partner feel so isolated and shut out. So it almost gets worse. But in our minds we're like I ain't, this is the biggest gift for you right now. <laughs> so it's actually one of the things that kind of got triggered on our way here, right? It's that, and I'm still not doing one of the things that I'm promising, but when I get triggered, I want to take a moment and it doesn't take me very long, like a minute. Let me collect my thoughts. Let me not react initially. But the thing I need to say is to say that out loud and not just be silent. So my promise I made on the way here was, and I know I promised this before, but I'm going to say... Okay, I hear what you're saying, and just give me two minutes. Yeah, to process. And we'll come right back. Yeah, because women minutes, will feel like back. they're in the dark. And mm-hmm. hello, are you gonna? What respond? a gift! And 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 this is another place where we're flipped. We're flipped on this one. Where I'm 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 always I'm so like needy naturally that I want I want to just get get the conversation out. And Tasha, sometimes you need to just like not talk to me for a little bit. So I've had to learn to go walk the dog or just do the dishes and then we'll come back to it. But I think frame of mind, like knowing that this is actually a positive thing, like it's a positive thing for me. I need that time to process my own thoughts, to organize my feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like, you know, I kind of think of it as yoga. It literally just went off, Dave. I, I kind of think of it as like yoga. Like, I don't know. It's therapeutic for me yeah. to like be in this space. So don't think of it as like a negative. We call it circulating energy. Like you have to sometimes pause and circulate the energy because especially, you know, you'll be feeling an emotion, right? Maybe you got frustrated, but then people think that they just need to take it out on their partner, right? Like release it when no, it's more so go somewhere. Maybe you need to even just vacuuming can move energy energy and that has you calm down and then you come back 
And, and that can be super damaging on your partner too right. if they're, they're just constantly the, the dumpster right. where you throw all your emotional junk. <laughs> like, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. What would you say is another red flag? Well, I was going to say that sometimes this takes people being together for a few years. So it's not necessarily like whether they're married or not. Obviously, you're looking for red flags. But, well, number one, this is like A then B. Number one is the unwillingness to change, an unwillingness to look at yourself, an unwillingness to grow, especially if you have a partner that's like even wanting to better themselves. It's going to be very difficult when you get into challenges to see the challenges as things that are going to grow you and then you not be so rigid. I'm not changing. This is how I am. You accept it. That's typically not a great way to be in a relationship. But the other one I wanted to mention is so interesting and it's saying things this way. Oh, Jocelyn isn't going to like that. Oh, this is how Jocelyn is going to respond. And basically, you assume how they are is rigid. Yeah, and I've done and, that like five times. This <laughs> yeah, in just this conversation. Like putting words in someone's mouth, it, putting exactly, feelings exactly. in this person. It's yeah. like, you don't speak for me. Knowing you know your partner. We've like literally you been in conversations with a couple, and we'll ask like the the female, let's say, a question, and the guy will answer it. And he is like 100% certain. Oh, well, Jocelyn isn't going to. Um, it's like, well, number one, you are having your partner so rigid and so put in a box that there's no room for them to be anything at all. And you don't even have to even wake up and talk to them. What's the point of even talking? Yeah. What's the point of getting to know them? So that, to me, is a huge red flag. When you get to the point of you already know who your partner is, mm -hmm. what's the point of being present? Is there a... Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. No. I was going to ask if there's a gender that uh, does that, does, <laughs> that speaks for the other gender more because you paused before you made it the guy. <laughs> and I was like, I think he's purposefully switching this around here. I would the actually women? say not. No? I think it's more of a personality style. Okay. Yeah, I, I've seen it with both. I think it's more, you know, sometimes in partnerships, there's someone that's a little calmer, quieter. The other person's more... A outgoing. little more extroverted. Yeah. So Maybe. I think it's more of the personality style or the example they saw growing up, right? So again, our parents and what we saw, grandparents, our influences makes a big difference, especially that's where a lot of just our patterns get created. So if they saw their parents do it a lot, they, that's something they'd pick up. Are we a power couple? Do we? <laughs> well, you want to know that's how we define that? Yeah, we'll please, define, yeah. Okay, so what we would, and we actually love to explain that because people hear power couple and they think it's truly about like status or money or success. But to us, it's about uh, two people who are committed to being the best versions of themselves and growing throughout their lifetime together and what we say, co-creating life. Because actually, one of the red flags is people think that they've arrived somewhere and that the goal is we got married, we got the house, we got the dog. The end. Right. Yeah. And that is doomsday. Yeah. Really, because that's when people start to sit back. Stagnant and they water. Gain, they gain a little, you know, weight and then they start to do less for their partner and start to be less intentional and shorter with their partner. So I think it's they have to keep creating what's next. So for us, a power couple is someone, a couple who's committed to growing, sticking through the tough seasons. And that's why in a lot of our social media, we talk about the tough moments. We talk about the tough seasons and we try to show that because that's what we really think is power couple. I like that. Yeah, because I was I was really thinking about that, too, because I've, I've used the term power before to describe that. I'll say that people, people are attracted to power. And, and then if anyone goes, oh, no, what are you talking about? I go, no, power is energy. Right. Mm -hmm. So like the law of conservation of energy means you don't create energy or get rid of energy so like you i don't be the power couple doesn't happen because i found tasha or because you found me it's because both of our energies together like move in the same direction mm -hmm. so it's like when you stop fighting each other's energies and use them and like kind of go parallel to each other that's kind of where that's what that's that's the equal sign of power that's where it's all equaled out and i think there's so many times where people have the potential energy to be a power couple but it's kind of like one running in a different direction and then it, it equals out to zero i don't know that was my well, i love that you're bringing this up and man you're talking <laughs> my language of quantum physics i yeah. can go, oh, go deep with, nice. with this yeah i felt like uh, jeff goldblum in Jurassic park like <laughs> you felt like that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but you're right if, if you look at any you know not to go even more deep into energy but that's what everything is right i mean look at electricity to heat to uh, movement, you have um, potential energy, kinetic energy, like it's all energy. But the thing you should take away is that it's always moving. You, you can't stop it. Like life doesn't stop. So if in your relationship you have barriers and resistance to 
the energy, your conversations, your dreams, if that ever gets to a place that stops, that's it's really unnatural. Right. Because the rest of life is always moving, evolving, and transforming and transferring into other forms of energy. And not that's only is it bad for your relationship, it can be bad for your health. I mean, 100%, people can totally yeah. lose a sense of who they are and purpose. In physical illness, you talk about the shame. It's like if the energy is not flowing through you, it's just getting stuck in this moment. And then someone's like, you know, massaging you. Like, what's that? And that's your childhood. That's what that is. Your childhood needs a massage. Yes. Um, I, know, I know I got to get you guys out of here. Yeah. So we're almost at your time to go. So how can people find you that are listening in the podcast on my end? Where can people find yeah. all your stuff? Out? Well, definitely meet the Freemans on Instagram. We love to socialize on there. We have a podcast, Empowered Couples Podcast, which you'll also be on. Our website is meetthefreemans.com. And that, yeah, we have many resources, downloads. We do f- one free coaching call with couples. The first coaching call is free. So oh, nice. anyone who wants awesome. to try it out. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for coming over here. We're gonna be I'm gonna be in Scottsdale in next month. Good. I don't know if Tasha's gonna come with me, but I go Is with Is it my, a weekend? It's well, you could maybe you'll meet me there, but I go with my baseball team for nice. like a you know, old men tournament. <laughs> but uh, maybe we can come have a uh, drink with you guys or something We'd if, love if that. we're uh, yeah, if we can all connect. Can we thank- convince you to come? Absolutely. Okay? I love Scottsdale. So, okay, come on, you don't but know. here's the deal. I might have to take the van there with the team because I'm going to be there for a few days before the weekend. And then you meet me there and then we can drive back together. Yeah, that sounds good. All right. It's a deal. We said it here first, folks. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. We appreciate you uh, you guys stopping by. And yes. I know I got to get you out of here. But uh, that was the episode, everyone. Have a good one. Bye. Well, folks, that was our chat with the Freemans, Jocelyn and Aaron. Didn't you love them? Now go follow them on Instagram at meet underscore the Freemans. That's meet M-E-E-T, not the other meet, although that would be cool. Meet the Freemans. That's at meet underscore the Freemans on Instagram. Go check them out. Support them. Tell them you heard us here on the podcast. Now I'm going to play a clip of our private uh patreon mimosa stand-up show this is our mimosa stand-up show that we had our most recent one which was in august i forgot what month it was this was our august version our september one is coming up september 28th september 28th 11 a.m come it's a free show you get your mimosas you get to laugh you get to mingle with some of the funniest upcoming stand-up comedians out there so here's a clip from our previous mimosa show if you want to listen to the full thing or any of our past podcast episodes just go to patreon.com slash this app that's patreon.com slash T-H-E-S-A-P. Here is a clip of August's Mimosa Show. Have a good week, everyone. Bye. Who's married in here? Who's married? Just uh, just you two. Oh, real quiet. You guys got real quiet in there. We like to sacrifice one married couple on a Sunday. Good. The good-looking, ethnically ambiguous married couple. Very nice. We appreciate you guys coming out. No engaged couples, though, right? No engaged couples? So we're all just fucking, right? We're all, the rest of us are all just fucking. The comics are quiet. You guys want to get laid. We don't know what's happening over here. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Going well. Nice. I don't know. I like married, like how long have you guys been married for? Oh boy, that's an answer. <laughs> oh, question mark. 17 years. 17 years. Round of applause. 17 years. Let them hear it. That's good. Do you get, do you get mad at engaged couples how cocky they are, right? They're just bragging about the save the date, the invitations, the I said yes. They haven't done shit yet, right? I think, and, 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 and stick with me, married people, I think engaged couples should have to send us just as so many notifications if they get divorced. I think that's what we should do. Wouldn't that level the playing field? Like, they just post a photo with a tan line that says not anymore. Like, they just, like, cut the divorce cake in front of the courthouse. I don't know. We gotta save the divorce. It's a magnet. It breaks in half. You put one on the fridge, one on the freezer. I don't know. This is, true. this is a true story. I, a friend of mine was getting engaged, right? And she posted a photo of her, enga- her engagement photos. It was her, in a, she's blonde, in a sundress, walking through a field of flowers with no groom inside. <laughs> I was like, that's a Taylor Swift album cover. That's what that is. I don't know. I'm trying to get engaged. I'm trying to go for it. Do it! Uh, we're, it's always a lady. Do it! The guy's quiet as fuck. <laughs> Hold on, bro. <laughs> Dad, fuck it. I'm trying to get engaged. I'm just, it's, you know what I mean? Like, I, like I'm, trying to, I'm trying to bend the knee, you know what I mean? Uh, but she still has me saved in her phone book as Dave Comedian, but the comedian's in quotation marks. <laughs> All of a sudden, I got arthritis. Like, I can't, I can't. None of that. I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm an Instagram boyfriend. You guys know the term, Instagram boyfriend? Instagram boyfriend? 
I gotta take photos of my girlfriend so strangers can jerk off to it online. That's basically, <laughs> there's a cycle of things that happen, but that's the full, like that's what you know goes on. And then like my form of cutting is reading the comments that dudes leave on her photos. That's my form of cutting. She posted a photo at the beach. Some guy goes, I would drag my balls through shards of glass just to hear you fart through a walkie talkie. <laughs> You laugh too hard. You sound like Shakespeare Online. That was you, wasn't it? You said you, said you lived in New York, but you're not from there? No, I'm not. not, just, not nothing about New York at all. Nothing. I just caught one thing, and I went with it. Not at all. I, uh, I moved from New York, and like, whenever I meet someone who lived in New York, I always have to tell them I used to live in New York, like we're fucking Marines or something. <laughs> Why does that, New York's the only city you do that, you go, yeah, I live, yeah, I fucking live there, yeah, where are you stationed? Three clicks, North Central Park, yeah. <laughs> Served time during Hurricane Sandy, it was a tough week. It was a, the only time I have to uh, qualify myself is when, like, I, like, meet someone from New York, and also when I meet a dude with long hair, I used to have long hair, and I, the other day I went up to a guy, I was like, I used to have long hair, too. <laughs> like, what kind of gay shit is that? I'm mean, like, yeah, I used to have long hair. I need to tell. I had long hair and I cut it at this level. I cut it when it got to the Lord Farquaad length. That's when I cut it. This is a true story. Like I said, we live in Silver Lake or Koreatown, depending on who we're talking to. And I went for a run and to blend in, I ran through Silver Lake. I put my hair in a bun, right? True story. A hawk attacked my head. No. True story. Yeah, and I know what you're wondering. What were you wearing, Dave? Were you asking for it? Had you been drinking? You know what I mean? <laughs> Hawk attack in my head, and like the and then I look like uh, here's the thing. I, I was thinking like if it was a bat, blind bat hits you, no big deal. Hawks have impeccable vision, you know what I mean? So from like 20 feet up, he was like, "That's a robin's nest," on that lesbian, and then it just hit the shit out of me. 